Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Imagine a land where women and girls run wild and free, where we're supported to feel, encouraged to express, and where we experience true collective healing. A place where we can play, laugh, and howl under the moon. Here, you can let your guard down and come back to the essence of wild womanhood, your nervous system finally able to relax in the total absence of men and the total presence of sisterhood. Women call this the magic place. And as female-only spaces continue to dwindle, securing land of my own for women's festivals has been a lifelong dream come to fruition. So I'm thrilled to announce and invite you to the second annual Matriarch Rising Festival that will take place here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, June 19th through the 24th. This is an exclusive Wild Woman's Summer Solstice Gathering. A week of dancing, nude sunbathing, communing with the elements, singing, and falling in love with what it means to be alive as a woman. Tickets are officially on sale and they will sell out, so head over to matriarchrisingfestival.com for all the details and to get your ticket. Can't wait to see you there. After a sabotaged and disconnected first birth with medical midwives, Madison started her mothering journey feeling depleted. After firing her midwife in her second pregnancy, Madison fully embraced the idea of a normal, peaceful pregnancy and an undisturbed birth. Today we discuss the normalcy and the wildness of birth, the importance of finding community who really get it, and what it means to put your life and your decisions first. This is exciting for me, particularly because you're one of my OG doula friends from many, many years ago in Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I knew you back when we were still (laughs) little maidens, (laughs) little maidens that that thought we could change the system from the inside out. And now Mm -hmm. today we sit as two radical free birthers. So that's pretty cool. It is totally. I was remembering today, like, oh yeah, where did I meet her? Oh yeah, a march, a literal march, making signs at your home and then marching through Santa Monica, screaming like, "Peace on Earth begins with birth." (laughs) 
or like some other I don't even know what other slogan that's cute was, I can't but that remember. was like my intro I was like damn this girl is radical like I love her but I'm also kind of scared <laughs> that's like what's gonna be on my tombstone I was like people liked her but they were also pretty afraid <laughs> I'm fucking scared of her but she was cool <laughs> yeah 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 okay cool so we're here to talk about two of your babies. You have two sons. So just take us, take us at whatever point you want to start with your mothering journey and um, tell us about how that first pregnancy and, and birth goes. Yeah. So it was the summer before my husband and I got married and we went to Thailand as like a pre-wedding honeymoon because we were going to be off-grid growing weed um, for the season. So we're in Thailand and I think your first episode about conscious conception had like just come out. I don't even remember who the guest was, but you were like talking to somebody about conscious conception. And I was like, you know, listening because I knew you and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I had a dream that night after listening to that episode about my baby. Like I just knew that that was my baby and it was a blonde baby or like toddler. And I was like, okay, for some reason, I know that that's my kid, but why is he like blonde, the blondest kid? And my husband and I both have dark hair. Um, But I just woke up feeling like, oh shit, (laughs) like he's coming, but like, let's just see what happens. I told my fiance at the time, I was like, I had a dream about our baby and he's blonde, which is really funny, but like, I think that he's coming sooner than we think. And I'm just putting that out there. Uh He was like, you're, you're insane. Like we're literally in Thailand. Like we're not getting pregnant here. So don't get any ideas. And we're about to go live off grid in a shack. So that's Sounds like a good time to make a baby. Right. But (laughs) he was like, that's not conducive. We just, we're like, brushed it off but I I just had a different feeling and I had been a birth worker I had like been interested in this stuff but it just shifted everything and I just felt him and I put it away enough that in my conscious everyday life I wasn't thinking okay anytime I could be pregnant or maybe in the next couple months I just went about my life and we moved up to the mountain lived off grid, no communication with the outside world, no electricity, plumbing, anything, just working with my hands in the dirt, in the sun and waking up with the sun and going to sleep with the sun. Like it was so, I don't know, recalibrating for my LA city born and raised system. And then for some reason I said, you know, I'm just going to go to this Chinese medicine person that I've like heard about in town and just like, I don't know, have her look at my chart and my cycle and just kind of talk to her and just like see where I'm at. I've been vegetarian for like like 12 years and I feel like maybe that's not the right thing for me anymore. I just want to like be really healthy, like going into marriage and knowing that we're going to try to have a baby soon. I went, she looked at my cycle and was like, seems all over the place. Like, have you been on birth control? It had been years since I'd been on it. So I was like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on and she just encouraged me to like tune in she really didn't tell me anything she's like yeah I'll do a couple acupuncture points but just tune in and see what you feel if you feel like you're needing to eat some animal products do it like try it see what happens and I did stopped like drinking cold things and like eating ice cream every night and 
<laughs> I decided to leave the mountain a month before we got married because I needed like computers to start finishing planning. So I met my husband at our wedding venue. I went back to LA, met him two weeks later at the wedding venue, had our wedding, driving back to LA by myself and ate an entire pizza and had to pull over on the side of the road because I could not stay awake. And I was like, well, we just had a three day like wedding weekend. So I'm exhausted, whatever. Two days later, I'm like, something is just weird. And I had spotted on our wedding day and I thought to myself, like, of course, I start my cycle on our wedding day in my white dress, but then nothing came of it. I just was like, I'm just going to take a test. Like, wouldn't be the first one I've ever taken, but let's just see. And I was pregnant. So I had gotten pregnant, like, the last day that I was on the mountain. Like, that's when I conceived. And it just was like, of course, of course, he came to me and this was what was supposed to happen but it was just the most wild like I don't know retrospective like looking back on it it made so much sense and it was such a shock to both of us and so I was alone for three months of like the first three months of my pregnancy oh that's kind of sad it was it was sad it was I felt really sick and Mm. tired and yeah I wanted to be with my partner and we couldn't really like Mm. connect (laughs) because he didn't have phone service so we talked for like a couple minutes a day Mm. it just felt very disconnected and and not natural like that's you know not typically how people are right after they conceive so it was an interesting time and I think I reached out to you and I was like, what do I, like, who do I go to? Who's the midwife? You were already pregnant and I knew you were free birthing, but I was like, I'm not doing that. So what midwife should I use? I love that. I love um, how many people like reach out to, I mean, you're different because I knew you, but so many people will be like, I'm not going to free birth. And so what licensed midwife do you recommend? I'm like, I don't recommend licensed don't. midwives. <laughs> yeah. Although did I recommend the chick you went with? Yeah, you did. Unfortunately, man, and see that I, I, I'm sorry about that. And that was because I had never been to a birth with her. She just seemed cool, which is, and she was cool (laughs) until she wasn't and she's not anymore. Right. And like, uh, that's a whole nother like tangent around birth work and how Mm -hmm. people are recommending people, but they've never actually seen them in their work. Because you don't see people how they midwife unless you, mm-hmm. you know, have gotten to birth with them, which is like pretty unlikely. It's a real kind of danger zone in referral yeah. in referral land. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. And it's, it's like a lot here because there's so much like Instagram culture of like the birth community. And it's like, oh yeah, I've seen her. Her Instagram is really cool. And she's got tons of followers and I really like what she posts about. It's like, what like that is just so far removed from the actual birth space so yeah I considered a birth center we went and even my husband was like this is a hospital like why are we doing this no and so I felt like wow okay I'm really doing it I'm doing a home birth like here we go my first baby a home birth and I went into like the midwife consultation being like what about this what about that like really thinking I'm drilling her and I'm really gonna like have this midwife assisted free birth <laughs> I don't know That's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing but I was like so listen like this is what's gonna happen and she 
you know, said all the right words and, mm. and believed them. Like, I, I think that, I think she, she said, you know, I'm not the most hands-off person you're going to find. And if you say no to something or you want to do something different, I'm going to be here for that. And I was like, all right, that's all I could ask for. And I, I did feel like a connection with her, like just as a person, as a woman. So we went with her. I, I just like jumped right in. I was probably six or eight weeks pregnant. And, you know, I loved the appointments. I couldn't wait for my next one. I was the first of my friends to have a baby. I was 23 or something, 24. So that was really like my point of contact for everything mm-hmm. pregnancy. And it's all I wanted to talk about. And it was like, I had dreamed of this forever. Um, so I was stoked and the pregnancy was super smooth. Like nothing came up. I found out we were having a boy and I felt like, wow, yep, it's him. Like I knew it and I knew it was Ziggy. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing I don't think anything like really significant happened during the pregnancy. I really prepared myself as best as I could to sort of leave all the birth worker brain stuff out of it. I don't, I don't know what I did, but I was like, I don't want to come in with like people's stories. And I was also breech, like as a fetus. <laughs> um and my mom had a C-section. And so that was like a big thing for me was, is my baby going to be breech? And my midwife had been pregnant with twins. And I don't remember if both of them were breech or one of them was breech. So she sort of had a story about that too, which comes up in the birth. But, you know, I tried to work through that. I tried to work through like my fear of transfer. And I really refused to even acknowledge it as an option for me but I was really encouraged by her to run through that scenario and to meet a doctor who would meet us at the hospital if it was a non-emergent transfer whoa and so why I, would a non-emergent transfer be happening because I'm exhausted and that's what's most common mm-hmm. and so, so that was that was the story actually really like that was the big story like listen it's gonna be so safe and fine but you might get tired yeah, you so might just not be able to go. do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like I don't really want to entertain that, but I had to. Anyway. Um yeah, and then he wasn't breached. I mean, like he just wasn't, so that was great. Went into the birth feeling great. And we had a doula, and then we had a birth photographer um who was like wanting to get more into birth photography so she did it for free and I was like great this is wonderful I've got my team and you know I went back and forth thinking I was in labor and I wasn't for probably a week um and it was rough and it was really a mind suck and I I already felt the doubt creeping in like I don't even know what's labor and what's not Mm. how am I gonna like I just was looking so much outside of myself um, for validation, for what to do, for coping. Like I was asking like, how do I cope with these sensations in my body? Like I couldn't even figure that out for myself, which I had been doing for my whole life. It was just looking back. I can just, yeah, I can just see that so clearly. But I also think I just really wanted a a wise woman to like rely on and, Mm -hmm. and to like have. 
And I didn't have that in my mom who had had a C-section or my mother-in-law who like didn't care about birth. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any like sisters like that. So she was really my go-to. Um, yeah. So the birth was long and hard and I not once tuned in with my baby in labor. Like not once did I think like, let me just like see how we're doing together in this. And I remember every time she would use the Doppler or, you know, whatever else I would say, is he okay? Like mid contraction, is everything okay? Like there was just such a, Mm. a fear based mindset the whole time. Yeah. And then I actually did a podcast after I had him and told my birth story. And so I listened to that a couple of days ago to like, remember all the things. And something that really struck me was I said in that podcast, yeah, there was a point where she wanted to check me, check my cervix um, during a contraction. And I was like writhing and saying, no, 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 no. Like you cannot do that. And in the podcast, I just laughed it off saying, yeah, she kept asking until I finally was just like, okay, fine. And I just like, it did not even occur to me that that was so fucked up. Like, why did you need to check me during a contraction? Like, what does that tell you? So, you know, very typical stuff. And then, yeah, the big turning point in that birth was, um, like I said, we had these stories, both of us about breach babies. And I was under the impression since midwives are not allowed to deliver breech babies in California at home. I was under the, right. (laughs) I was under the impression that if like the baby started crowning or if something came out and it wasn't a head that we would have to transfer. Like, that's what I thought that meant. Like that a midwife literally could, a licensed midwife could not be there for that. Like they would have to get out of the house or you would have to get out of the house. So at one point she checks me and says, I'm just not sure if this is his head. Like, I don't just something like feels, but I was like, what, like, what are you suggesting? She didn't say the word breach, but I was like, okay, so should we just go now then? Because I'm not trying to start pushing and then realize that he like, it just fucked with me so hard. And I, I gave up. I was like, yeah, okay, let's just go now because like this sucks. And she was like, yeah, you know, it really feels like you're maybe um, suffering. Like there's like a line. I feel like they all have that. Oh line. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's pain and then there's suffering. Yeah, and we, you don't, I don't need know. To we suffer. just have to, yes, we can take yes. that away for you. Plus, yes. I really want to go home. Oh, it had been so long. She literally had already slept on our couch. Like, and I, you know, was the one who brought it up. I was like. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know if I can do this. And if he's well, going to be breach. You, you brought it up because she kept fingering she said you that. and then yeah. saying shit yeah. that on some level, she had awareness that you were heady about breach. Like, mm-hmm. why would you finger a woman and then say, oh, it might right, not right. be a head. Like, how, how does that exalt a woman in her power? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. And my husband, the whole birth had been there. Like we had a bed in our, in our, what was going to be our baby's room, like a full bed. And so we were both on the bed, but he was sort of just like sleeping. It was the middle of the night. He was tired. There were all these women there for me. So he was just like taking a back seat. And I remember at that point, he kind of like perked up and was like, 
this is not what you wanted. Like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? Like, we do not want to do that. You do not want to do that. And that's when he sort of, he was like, can everyone leave the room? Like, I need a minute with her. Like, we haven't really connected here. Let's get back on track. And I was like, I don't know. I just like can't. And he was like, listen, you haven't eaten. You haven't drank. You haven't slept. I'm making you a smoothie. We're changing the energy. You've been in this room the entire time. Like, let's go out into the sunlight. Let's, let's figure this out. And, you know, I'm not going to like give him credit for my birth, but that like moment of partnership really totally. like it changed everything mm-hmm. like it changed everything and I'm completely and... floored that you had a doula and a midwife who mm-hmm. didn't do that for you yeah like, thank what, god what your they partner said knew to how me to when I right right and I hadn't like we hadn't you know run through that I was like I had said I'm sure like oh maybe during transition I might say I can't do it and here's what to say but I hadn't really run through that um wow and I remember what they said like the midwife and or the doula were like well okay like let's talk about if you really want to transfer like this is what it'll look like and if you're like aiming for pain relief that probably won't happen for like one to two hours from now after a car like they did say they weren't just like oh it's easy let's just go and it'll be easy but it wasn't they weren't you know no, you can do this. We're staying here. Everything's good. We got this. Yeah. And we, we like changed rooms. My doula like sifted my belly and, and there was just like so much clarity. And then I think the next time she checked me, I was like, I don't know, nine or something. And I was starting to feel pushy and everything was moving along. Thank God. Um, I got in the pool, pushed for maybe 30 minutes, came right out, was like, oh my God, I'm so relieved. I'm so tired. The photos are like beautiful and I look not like vibrant in any way, like so tired. And I was just so exhausted. And then my placenta came out very quickly, like probably five, 10 minutes after he was born. And I was encouraged to get out of the tub. The fundal massage was so aggressive and intense. And I hated it. It was so, so rough. The assistant that she brought was um, somebody that I had met. And I requested this woman because I was like, she's sort of like grandmotherly. And I had met her. I didn't want a random person. So she came and she was great. And she was much more like, she's fine. Like everything's cool. You know, like she's, she's got it. But she also was encouraging the fundal massage, like aggressively. And I was writhing in pain, like so uncomfortable and while they're doing that, a huge amount of blood gushes out of me. And my husband saw it and I could see on his face that it was alarming to him. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm not going to be alarmed yet. Like, I feel fine. I'm laying here with my baby nursing and whatever. But then there was sort of talk about that was a lot of blood and I kind of want to give you pit. And at first I was like, I don't want that. You talked about that. I really don't want that. I feel okay. I'm not going to like try to get up and run anytime soon I'm just gonna chill here and like I'm good but I don't know I don't even remember what happened it happened like I got the pit in my leg and the bleeding stopped and you know everyone cleaned up and they did the newborn exam and blah 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 I don't even know six weeks afterwards I couldn't even stand long enough to like brush my teeth without being heart racy and like lightheaded and 
and I was saying this to my midwife and it was like, oh, well, yeah, you lost a, a lot of blood. Like you got to make sure you eat your beef and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll never know, you know, what that was about, but I definitely did not feel like, wow, I feel well, so healthy. Not, it's not that complicated. If you felt fine, it doesn't matter that you lost a lot of blood. A lot is right. completely subjective. So right. everybody loses blood after birth. Birth mm -hmm. is bloody. Postpartum mm -hmm. is bloody. That's not an issue, right? And when you're saying, co you know, cognitively, cohesively, whatever, to the midwife, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I don't want the shot. And then mm -hmm. she injects you with harmful pharmaceuticals anyway. And then you let her know that you don't really feel so good. She fucking <laughs> gaslights you and says it's because of your blood loss that you were coping well with. I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered. I, I mean, I didn't even know that like fundal massage was an option until, I don't know, a couple months after that. And it was a pretty like mainstream midwife I followed on Instagram. And she was like, I don't do that in my practice. And you I was mean, like, what? You didn't know that it was an, an option, option to not do it, not be abused. Yeah. I mean, can we not call it fundal massage first of all? Right. Massage, sorry. Fundal Terrible massage word for is it. like it a is... really like like it 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 creates this really different image mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what it is and everyone oh, who's no. been at the receiving end or who's ever seen it happen knows that it is a form of torture. Straight up. Yeah. And yeah. so for you to be tortured postpartum mm -hmm. and then injected with pharmaceuticals that you did not consent to and then you're wondering why you don't feel so fucking good and why your heart mm -hmm. races and you have some anxiety or panic. I mean, you don't even yeah. have to wonder. The answer's right there. The, the yeah. layers of why it's complicated is that you were gaslit from the moment it happened, right? So that makes us question our own sanity and our own reality. Mm -hmm. And secondly, everyone around you had the same abuse. And so it's it does leave this like, oh, well, it kind of feels like it was from that. <laughs> But, but maybe it wasn't because everyone around me is saying that it, it was, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. give yourself a little more credit. Yeah. That. yeah, that's true. And yeah, I think because I didn't see it and it was very like, oh, we'll just like change this pad. Like I had no clue. Like there was just no connection between what was happening in my body. And I didn't really have a minute to be like, okay, do I feel like I'm going to pass out? Do I feel like I can't hold my baby? You know, like. Also, All of those they things right away, which very I will quickly never understand. I mean, like I went from floating to standing up, climbing over a very tall wall, and then on. getting back down to a bed. Like the bed, it's the mattress was so on the floor, weird. so it was like an aggressive move. Yeah, and they all freaking right do it. They have a baby. Yeah, well, and it's for them. Yeah. And they're gonna say they want to monitor, to measure the blood. The blood. Yeah. yeah, and when I look at the photos, I can see the pool is is red. But, you know, like is. you say, yeah, when you have any amount of blood in a body of water, it's going to fill the tub with red. And so I wonder if like, you know, whatever, I just, you can wonder forever. Like, did she see that? And she got concerned, like, who knows? It's so really not, it's really not, it's not a mysterious open-ended thing in medical midwifery you practice and you agree to practice when you seek licensure, which this woman did, you agree to practice mm -hmm. active management. Part of active yeah. management of the third stage is to get her out of the water, to get the placenta out and to, and to um, inject her with pit. 
Yeah. So you had exactly what she was always going to do to you. You just right. didn't know that. Yeah. And it just was, it was a lie, I guess, that in my prenatal care that that maybe wasn't going to happen, you know, <laughs> that that would be reserved for a must do basis. Right. Yeah. All the while she has literally agreed to her mm-hmm. licensing board to perform this and then tells you as, as she accepts your $5,000 or $6,000 tells you that she's going to reserve it, you know, under absolute necessary. I mean, there's so much lying in medical midwifery. It's so upsetting. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's arguably more betrayal than the doctor, you know, like, yeah. Cause they put on a, a fake, the whole thing about how it's different. Well, and like, I don't know if I, if I'm going to be tortured and abused and lied to, I would rather it happen not in my home. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like if I had, if I had to choose, mm-hmm. I don't want that shit brought into my home where I then have my to go baby's room. and yeah, in my baby's room. Exactly. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so upsetting. It makes me so fucking angry. You know? And it's, it's hard. Like, as you can tell, it's hard for me to even name it still. Like three years later, I'm still like, she didn't mean to you know like there's that part of you that that wants to just believe that women are looking out for other women and and that's what's like above all but it's not real so yeah it sucked it sucked to start my mothering Mm. journey feeling so depleted like so depleted and you know it's demanding like everything was very normal and healthy and great with him and with me after that but nursing a baby 24 7 when you feel like a shell of a human being is Uh. just like insane and yeah it was rough it was rough um wow yeah so I think you know we made it through I pathologized any and everything that came up postpartum which wasn't really much but just like my milk supply and my nipple shape oh that was one other thing like immediate postpartum I told her right after I had him and in prenatal care I don't want to know if you think he has a tongue tie or a lip tie or any of that stuff I really would prefer you don't tell me until I or unless I ask I just Mm. don't want that in my head I want to go about our breastfeeding and just see what happens and immediately during the newborn exam she's like sticking her finger in his mouth and he's like yeah it's this that and I'm like I literally just asked you not to tell me that. And when my nipple came out of his mouth, she's like, yeah, I see how it's like a lipstick shape. Like it just day, fuck hour one. You're just like pounded with all this shit about how it's not right. And it's not going to work out. And I think I started to critique it when I had my doula come over like three weeks postpartum. And she told me that the midwife had said to her, I wish I didn't say that thing about his head or his head or not knowing what it was about the breach thing. And I realized like, Oh, right. Yeah. That was like a big thing for me. And it just made me think like, hmm, okay. So maybe it wasn't because I was still on that high. Like I had a fucking home birth. Like I did it like that. And that just made me think like, okay, yeah, there were things that weren't ideal and still got my home birth, still love this woman, 
still feel bonded to these women who were there for me and all of that. So I don't really think I critiqued it that much for a long time. And I was like, I don't know what I'll do for my next kid. Like, we're not going to do that for five more years. So who knows where we'll be, whatever. And then my son was like 18 months old and I just felt this like thing. Like, I don't think I want my kids to be five years apart. I don't think I want that anymore. I know that's our plan. We were going to travel for a year with our son and not, you know, be pregnant or breastfeeding anymore, but I just felt it. And I brought it up to my husband and he was like, are you ready for that? (laughs) Because this has been so intense and, you know, like you're still breastfeeding. This is so much, but I said, like, let's just, I don't know, see what happens. And we got pregnant the first month we tried, of course. (laughs) So then I went back to that woman and I said, I'm pregnant. Um, you know, I'm considering free birth. I'm going to be really like honest about that. And I would like to talk to you about a lot of things that I would want to be different about this birth if you were there. And I want to just like, I want you to be really honest with me about how hands off you would be. And I was like, listen, if it's twins, I'm staying home. If it's breach, I'm staying home. Um, you know, any of the things I'm, I don't want a Doppler. I'm not doing ultrasounds. Um, just all the things I'm not having Pitocin again, postpartum. Um, if I'm past 42 weeks, I'm staying home. Like I said all the things and she was like, listen, we have this relationship now. I trust you. And, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll be there for it. I'll be there for whatever it is. And I'll just be there. I don't even know. Like what what a liar. We're agreeing to <laughs> what I thought I wanted from her. I was like, I just, you know, I want to like walk with someone through this and I know you and I don't want to like, whatever. This was maybe two weeks before COVID like hit. So my oh, wow. idea of it was different than it ended up being. So I paid her a deposit and said, okay, let's do it. And then like a week later, she's like, she sends out like, you know, an email to everybody, all her clients saying, okay, so this is what prenatals will look like now. They'll be virtual, like every other one. And then the other ones will be like an outside clinic in my backyard and we'll wear masks and I'll wear gloves. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck is a virtual visit? Like, what does that mean? And I think I did like one virtual visit and I was like, this fucking sucks. And then I went once to her outdoor clinic at her house, had to wear a mask. It was so hot. Hard pass. Um, yeah, I brought my own fetoscope because I was like, you're not using a Doppler. And she couldn't find the baby. She's like, do you want to try? Because <laughs> I was like, I found him the other night. Like, I was like, I already found the heartbeat. Like, I'm so excited. And she's like, why don't you try? Like, it was just so like what the fuck am I doing this for? Like, this is so dumb, but I was a thousand dollars in and like, I don't know, that felt significant. And yeah, then I don't know, it just, you know, progressed and I had feelings about it, but I was like, "Eh, this is what it is. We'll see what happens. Maybe I just won't call her. So how long did you do prenatal care with her? I mean, they were so sparse because I was freshly pregnant and because of COVID. So I think I did like three prenatal visits, two of them virtual. Maybe she came to our house like the first time before it was really crazy mask stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and I think she did a blood draw. I think that was the extent of it, three or four visits. And then I think there was another email about her wearing a mask to the birth. And my birth was far away, but I was like, if this is how it's going to be, even then I'm not okay with that. And I don't really remember what the response was, but then it came time for the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. And I said, you know, I just don't feel the need. I'm not going to do it this time. Not interested. Um, And she, her response was, this is one ultrasound that's really important to me or I feel strongly about. Wow. And I was like, huh, you feel strongly about. I cannot imagine talking to adult women this way. It's really, really mind blowing. Yeah. Like, you know, Madison, would you, would you just like dye your hair blonde for me? (laughs) I feel strongly about it. For me, (laughs) please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was like to be, you know, a good candidate for home birth or whatever. And I was just like, and so I kind of went through the motions and I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to the woman who did my anatomy scan with Ziggy because at least I know her. And so I reached out to that woman and she's like, just so you know, in the last couple of years, there's been a price increase and it was like $300 more than I paid. And I was like, I don't even want this. I'm not paying like $500 out of pocket for this. So I said that, I think that's when she said, like, I feel really strongly about this. Like, let's get on a phone call and talk about it. But I feel really strongly about this one. And we talked about it and I like cried saying like, you know, listen, I feel so strongly about this that if I lose my baby or my baby is born and does not survive, I, that's how much I don't want to do this ultrasound. I am okay with that. I have come to terms with that. I have accepted that. Like that that is a reality for me. Really quick PSA. Mm-hmm. Ultrasounds do not improve outcomes. No. So that's like no. an related you know, thing. And also just how totally gross it is that she put you in a position to, it was like a competition of who feels more strongly about what you do with your body. And she's never Mm -hmm. telling you the truth, which is about her OB relationships. This was about Mm -hmm. her license and keeping Mm -hmm. good standing relationships with her transfer hospitals. Oh, I forgot something huge. At that one appointment I went to in her backyard clinic, she kind of like sat me down and was like, I want to tell you this in person before I announce it to the world. I've decided to partner with this OB. So I'm still going to be taking home birth clients like you and people I've worked with before, but less. And I'm going to be, you know, helping with babies in the hospital. Yeah, I just knew. And I, I sat with like a couple people and was like this is what's happening and my friend Steph you know her was like you gotta you're out like you're already out just get out (laughs) I was like all right and I told my husband he was like fuck dude that's an expensive thousand dollars but yeah whatever let's do this you basically invested a thousand dollars to learn what you really wanted and we sometimes can't know our yes until we know our no and it's actually an inexpensive thousand because (laughs) Yeah, it saves you the five and also it got you clarity. It got you a dream birth. Mm-hmm. It like healed a bunch of stuff in you. Like what a beautiful yeah. investment. Yeah. And it was a huge, it was huge for me as like such a people pleaser to even have that conversation with her. Like, I don't want this anymore. I'm firing you. Goodbye. And this is what I'm doing, even though I know you're so strongly against it. How did that go? But yeah. 
I just emailed her and I said, you know, you, you know, I already um, felt this way, but this is what we're doing. And she was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, girl, like I've known that you wanted this and I'm glad you're doing it. And I was like, okay, that was like, I was expecting a harsher response. And then like a week later came an email being like, this is me formally, you know, blah, 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 like denouncing your choice and like separating myself from you. And I was like, eh, that feels gross. But whatever, I do think it's a good, it's a good litmus test of any so claimed midwife to have them share what they think about free birth. Mm-hmm. You know, like it says so fucking much about a woman's mm-hmm. internalized misogyny and allegiance to the system and how much she does or does not trust women and women who don't support free birth don't trust women. It's that fucking simple. And so many midwives don't trust women. And it's really good mm-hmm. to know that before you go into a birth. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I was done with that. I felt great. Like pregnancy, just life went on. Like it was so normal and got to the, we did the free birth course and we like went through the modules and whatever we felt like might be important to us. We looked at and my husband like got into it and was preaching to his friends about like how great it was and what they should do and blah, blah, blah. And then, um, probably a week before I had the baby I we like went to dinner and I came home and had these really intense cramps like it felt more like stomach cramps but I was like oh no am I in labor and I had like almost a panic attack thinking like oh shit what have I done like I'm really just here alone in this and I felt really like not prepared and and scared Hmm. honestly scared and I was scared that I was scared going into labor like I yeah Mm -hmm. so I like you know, talk myself down and fell asleep and it wasn't labor. Um, and then a week later when it really started, I just knew. And I was like, great. I like visited with a friend in the morning, you know, they slowly built, but nothing crazy. And we went to Whole Foods and I remember just being like so overstimulated as soon as we got in there. I was like, oh no, no, no. Like I need to get back to my cave right now. I called my mom was like, come, it's happening. Ziggy needs somebody to be with. Please come over as soon as you can. That was like mid afternoon. And I just like came home, set up the candles to be lit later, set up the birth pool, like just, you know, got our space feeling good. And I put Ziggy to bed and I didn't like, I knew that I was in labor, but I didn't think of it as like oh this is the last time that I'm like you know doing any of these bedtime things just me and him and I'm sort of glad that I didn't because I know that I would have been like so emotional about it but I just like put him to bed and everything kind of stopped while I was doing that came back out to the living room and everything picked back up like bounced on my ball my mom went to bed in our trailer so she could be there if we needed her to wake up with him and I think we just went to bed and we're like all right we'll just see what happens. I'm going to try to sleep. And I probably slept off and on for like an hour or two. And then I got up and I went out to the living room alone, didn't turn any lights on, just like lit my little electronic candles. And I had um, Davy prayer, Debbie prayers, how you say it, just on repeat. I had made like a playlist of a couple of like mantra songs but I couldn't handle the switch in songs every time it would end I'd be like oh no 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 go back so I just put it on a loop that's cute and 
I just sat there like I had pillows like propped around me and I just sat there and it was so psychedelic like so reminiscent of just any like psychedelic trip where you're just like whoa how many hours have passed I just sat here for so many hours and it was hard but it wasn't like excruciating it was just like okay I'm just doing the work and I remember when I first came out to the living room I, I tried to like squat down and like put my fingers inside myself and like see what was happening and I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm looking for like what if there's clearly not like a head coming out because it's we're not there so what am I doing like stop trying to get a number that you don't even know how to measure there's there's a like one of my favorite quotes of Gloria LeMay is you're either at your a woman is always either at 10 centimeters or one so it's like, what's the point? Like, because if a woman is 10 centimeters, it's very obvious. If a baby is right. about to be born, a baby is either about to be born or just assume she's nowhere close. Right, right. And I knew that, but I just, you know, totally. I was grasping for any like measure of, of course. what was going to happen and what I was in for. But I quickly was like, eh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to sit here. And then I think, I don't even know how many hours passed, probably like three or four and I called for my husband to come out and wake up and I needed some like hydration and some snacks and maybe to get in the pool. So he just came and just like sat in the chair in the corner and did his own thing. I think he like had headphones in and I just kept doing my thing. And it was so just calm. It Like there was no one to call. There was no time to keep track of. Yeah. Nothing. It was just, we're just here until the baby comes and then we'll, you know, mm-hmm. do that. So nice. So we filled the tub. I think my, I think Ben woke my mom up to help him like hold the hose in the tub. And I was in there for a while. And that's when it started getting harder. Like I was sort of complaining and feeling like, this is not fun anymore. It's not psychedelic. It's not anything. I just like, I'm done. And I kept saying, I just want my water to break. I just want my water to break. And then like two seconds later, I threw up like so powerfully in my water. I felt it like not fully gush, but just like break a little bit. And I was like, oh, yes. Okay. Like I can do this. And I was like tuning in with my baby the whole time. I felt him moving and like kicking the entire time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure Ziggy was moving a bit in labor and I just, there was no like, no feeling that. And this time I was just like, oh, you're great in there. You're great. Like so insane how different it was but um we had a birth photographer coming this time too and so I called her or texted her and said I'm I think I'm feeling pushy so maybe you should head over so we all had the like oh second babies come quickly thing in our heads that was probably 4 a.m so she came over she like sat in the corner Ziggy woke up you know at his normal time he came and saw me and he said can I get in and I was like, yeah, sure. But I don't think he actually wanted to. So we just like, got him a little snack. And him and my mom went in the trailer and just like cuddled. He was only like two, two and a half at the time. So he was still like a little baby. I didn't think of him that way at the time. But now I realize like he was such a little baby. And I'm glad that he was sort of with someone and like off to the side. Yeah, that was like 7 a.m. And I got out of the tub because I was so tired like just sleepy that I couldn't really move around comfortably and I just wasn't comfortable and so 
I was sitting on the ball and like falling asleep and falling over. So the birth photographer was like, can I make you like a little nest in your bed? Like, do you want to sit down? So she did. And I like cozied up in my bed and Ziggy came and sat with me and we drank a smoothie together. And those photos are like, oh, the most treasured because he just was laying with me and it was so sweet and I just had a moment of like everything was calm and I was having waves still but it wasn't super intense we had that moment to just be like okay like here we are and shit's about to change so get ready (laughs) yeah um and then I think he he went and like played outside with my mom and it just like all flowed really naturally like him coming in and him leaving and I didn't really want my mom like to be a part of the birth. I was fine with her being there, but with him, like it was really clear that she was there for him and not, not to be with me. Yeah. So I stayed in bed for a while and then my husband like disappeared. I'm not sure where he went, but my photographer was just literally sitting like in the furthest corner silent. And I would open my eyes here and there and just sort of like take it in. But I started screaming like getting really high pitched and sort of struggling through every single wave and feeling pushy and I couldn't feel ahead and I was getting discouraged and again my husband finally came in and gave me that like pep talk of like this happened last time you got to this point and I'm here to remind you that you got this we're doing this you're so close like don't get in your head you got this I was like I'm so fucking mad at you. You don't even know what I'm going through. (laughs) Like, how dare you tell me that I'm fine? I am not (laughs) fine. Like, I was so angry. But I feel like that, like, gave me energy to, like, fucking push through. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, so I was laying on my side and I sort of was, like, pulling my knee up to my chest because I was pushing, but I didn't realize and no one was suggesting anything thankfully so I was just doing my thing like whatever my body was doing and then I reached down and I felt his head and I was like oh my god he's coming and I like announced it to the room and then was like okay do you want to get back in the tub it's ready I was like yeah I roll off the bed and stand up and I just feel his head like hit like it's coming out and I made we have like a short clip of the birth and you can hear this sound, like the most primal, craziest sound I've ever heard myself make, like of his head coming out. And I was like, it's his head. Our photographer, we had a GoPro like on a tripod thing. And so we're like, okay, you take that out to her, to the living room where the tub was. So she had started walking out and I stood up and I was like, Whoa! like, but it was even crazier than that. Like it was wild. I can't even do it. And you see the camera just turn around and she throws it onto the bed because she sees the baby like falling out and she's like shit like do I need to help so you just hear all of this and I'm like oh and I like make another noise and then you just hear the baby crying and I couldn't tell you like how I caught him but obviously I did and I just had him his cord was like wrapped so So many ways I was standing yeah okay so I like his head was maybe like just starting to crown I stood up his head fully came out and then I mean the rest of him was just out yeah and I didn't realize at the time but in the photos you can see I like hold him over my arm and the bag is around his head and he's like so much fluid is just draining out of him but I think it like 
fully broke just right when he came out and it was so just like epic and Ben says we did it you did it and it's just like oh I could cry it's just like that was it it was like yeah I fucking just did that like like it was nothing and I mean it was so like such a mess like I remember looking down like whoa like holy shit this is so wild and there was you know meconium it was not clear water and there was so much blood but I felt great and I looked great and he was so vibrant and had one of those cords that's like thick and like just so healthy looking and I think I held him sort of like in shock for a minute and then I was like okay I want to sit down and so I laid down and he nursed and um Ziggy came in with my mom to get shoes because they were going to leave and Ben said the baby's here and so they just ran in and like got on the bed and everybody was just there and there's these like amazing photos of my mom like crying looking over me like oh my gosh yeah and we just like were in bed as a family and that was it and I was like I'm ready for this to come out I the cramps were so intense this time and I kept feeling something like right at my vagina and I was like okay it's coming great it's coming and it just wasn't and I was like okay I'll squat I'll, I'll get up but it just wasn't coming and it ended up taking three hours for it to come out which is you know fine and normal but I was so ready and so annoyed by it um it was frustrating it was just super frustrating and having to hold him and like try to squat and try to walk to the toilet to get it out and mm. it ended up just coming out on the toilet I just coughed and like really focused and and pushed a little more than I wish I had to but I just really needed it out and with my first it just I like felt it I was like oh I feel crampy and it just came out Mm -hmm. so I was expecting that but that was the only like unpleasant part of it like that after time of waiting for the placenta was was intense and Um, wait were you totally fine without anyone (laughs) vigorously rubbing your fundus imagine that and you didn't need to be shot up with drugs? Wow. Crazy, crazy. What did they say? Yeah. You just you just got lucky. I got lucky. Yeah. Say, right? This time I got really lucky. Oh, I didn't I love- hemorrhage and I didn't do yeah. that. It's pure, it's pure luck that your body took care pure of. Luck. <laughs> I <laughs> love the the image of your mom over you and like the surprise mm-hmm. of not knowing that the little one had arrived and just I could just totally picture the room just so full of yeah. joy and love it's so yeah. beautiful yeah and he was born on 10 10 at 10 10 a.m ah, which is like felt really cool yeah and the postpartum I had like arranged for my really good like sister friend who's a postpartum doula to come for the first like six weeks and she came the next day and every time she'd come she'd be like you just are like beaming like you look like a model like what is going on you just look so amazing which was like so sweet of her to say and like made me feel great but I really felt like normal life like you know like you always say just like it's just life it's just another day in the life and this is what it is like birth is just another part of our life and our family and I feel like the way my son like integrated the new baby, like I was so worried. 
about that and he would always just be like oh where's the baby if he was in another room just like he knew he knew that he was part of the family now and there wasn't much about it it was just this is what it is but I will say that something I've heard other um, women who free birth talk about is there's this sort of like because it's so normal and just like flows into your life so effortlessly there's this feeling of like does anyone like know that I just did this like amazing thing like I wanted more recognition I guess for going against everybody in my life pretty much and what they were telling me would happen and so I I got that from like my doula that came and and my mom was like oh my god like you're so amazing I tell everybody about what you did and Mm -hmm. blah 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 but yeah it was so just normal like just I really felt that and I had never understood that when like you or a a guest on a podcast would talk about that I'd be like how it's the craziest thing ever how is it normal but it really just is if you birth the way you live and like yeah it's like it's it's integrated it's like the idea of a wild pregnancy Mm -hmm. you just you're just pregnant you just don't put any like you have to do anything or call anyone or get anything Mm -hmm. different you're just it's another season of life it's just not Mm -hmm. that big of a deal but because we do this weird thing to pregnancy and motherhood it it is a big deal to take it back into normalcy you know for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean yes you were looking for acknowledgement around your specific path and also I think most women feel pretty under recognized when they have a child even if it was in the system, you know, like this is not an area where humanity really shines in our culture right Right. now, you know? So I think a lot of women Mm -hmm. will relate to that of like, hello, anybody, Mm -hmm. anybody around? Right. And with my first, I had, I was the first of my friends and none of them were in this like realm, but he was like, oh my God, this baby, like everyone was so into him. And those same friends who were my best like sisters totally abandoned me at like 36 weeks pregnant when they tried to share their concern. And I said, like, I'm protecting my space. I don't want that. So, you know, I didn't have that like excitement for him too. Like it just felt very different, but it's totally like propelled me into this like path of finding the women that, that are there for that. So it's a lot. Yeah, totally. I think there's a lot of grief in the path, you know, in the like awakened radical path. I think that like, you don't Mm -hmm. get out of it because it really shows you, shows you what's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have one picture on my Instagram of you just catching ocean and it's Mm -hmm. like, totally picture it. Just like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like what the fuck just happened this is so epic. yeah awesome well thank you so much yeah thank you and that's it for today my sisters check out everything we do including one-on-one and group coaching learn about our private membership in-person retreats and more on freebirthsociety.com Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise, and the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, 
Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death. I will fly and bring her back from the stars. Conscious. Con-